This podcast is brought to you by the Eisner-nominated Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. Hacha! Hi, this is Dan Parent, artist and writer of Kevin Keller and working for Archie Comics. And you're listening to the Two-Headed Nerd Comcast with Joe and Matt. Welcome to episode 131 of THN, where we are talking comics and nerd news for the week of September 11th. My name is Matt Baum. You can find me on the Twitter under the handle at Matt Baumstein. And when I am not pulling Joe Patrick, kicking and screaming into the deep end of the fantasy football pool and forcing him to write a THN webcomic, I am writing the Comic Speculator blog for WorkPoint.com. <laughs> and I'm Joe Patrick. You can find me at JoePatrick116 on the Twitter. And when I'm not realizing that my BFF and co-host is not just a bully, but trying his damnedest to make a man out of me. I'm the manager of Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and the artist slash co-creator of Good Plus, which you can find at goodpluscomic.com, soon to be thncomic.com, I'm, a, I'm sure. It's a full-time job making a man out of this guy. In this week's episode, you'll hear our reviews of Eternal Warrior number one and Mighty Avengers number one. After that, We'll review 10 of this week's comics faster than Twitter stock and disappear down the toilet during the ludicrous speed round. Then we'll visit the THN Sanctum Sanctorum where the Voyager spacecraft is communicating with the source wall and beaming us the secrets of next week's comics. And finally, the comic pushers are back in your hood. But this week, they're showing some mercy on one poor junkie for a change. But it's an intervention. Before we get to all the lawyering up, let's take a moment to turn over the THN chemical weapon stash in exchange for new iPhone 5S's. And then we'll talk about this week's Big news! After a first year that can only be called a critical and sales success, Marvel Now Wave 2 is coming this winter. Now called All New Marvel Now! Dumb. That's terrible. The new wave of titles will launch with a brand new Avengers epic called Rogue Planet by Jonathan Hickman and Asad Ribic. The previously announced Inhuman by Matt Fraction and Joe Madureira and an all-new Invaders series by James Robinson and Steve Pugh Whoa. that reunites World War II comrades Captain America, Namor, the original Human Torch, and the Winter Soldier against a modern-day threat from the Kree Empire. Crazy. In an effort to cater to new readers, look for jumping-on points for Marvel's existing series, in addition to digital codes that can be redeemed for the entire first collection of select titles. That's pretty rad. Dang. And while no official announcements were made, all new Marvel now may be the place to look for fans of characters like Black Widow and the Silver Surfer. Hey-o. Now, there's a lot to digest here, Matt. Let's start with the new titles. Invaders. Invaders, cool. I'm in. Yeah. James Robinson. Listen, James Robinson. Is that a sea change? Well, he quit DC. I know. The rumor has been for a while that he's got one or more projects coming from Marvel. I know that there is a Spider-Man mini that he's doing as well. Right, right. I think that this is right up his alley. Like, he was born to write JSA, like, legacy-type stuff. No, I agree. Stuff. I agree, and I think it's interesting. Obviously, Marvel's always had that connection with World War II because of the characters that came out of there. But I feel like other than just giving us a historical perspective, they never really explored it, whereas DC directly looked back in their family tree constantly. It was always there. You had the legacy heroes, sure, the yeah. younger heroes. Marvel's never really done that, and this could really be interesting. Right, and that excites me. If we get the James Robinson that I want to read. Sure. That's no, it's true. Big if. It's true. Uh, Inhuman, we talked about some weeks ago. 
I'm excited for that. Yeah, that's going to be fun and weird and crazy. Yes. Uh, the new Rogue Planet Avengers thing, it's kind of unclear, actually, it's whether gotta, or not it's a renumbering or if they're just, they're saying it's Avengers number 24, Rogue Planet number one. Yeah, I don't know. It's like kind of dual branded. It's got to have something to do with one of the other Earths, right? Yes. Gotcha. There's a planet headed for the Earth. And the Avengers have to reassemble to stop it. Love it. And so the branding is a little different. And speaking of Marvel and their branding, a lot of the stuff coming out of the new Marvel initiative is like their issues are being labeled like dot now dot I N H for inhuman. What? Like 24 dot now. And I don't love that. I hate it. But. Remember we used to make fun of manga books for crap like that? <laughs> I, I do think that if Marvel is trying to have their cake and eat it too b- by saying like this is Avengers number 24, it's also Avengers colon Rogue Planet number one, you know, for people that aren't necessarily like collection minded. Okay. You know, if they're trying to do both, okay. I'm okay. kind of into it. Well, we'll see how the execution goes. It could be well executed. I see, I see, where I see you working here. Yeah. And that could be well executed. I'm saying let's wait and see. Sure. This is just another example of Marvel. Kicking Marvel's ass. Marvel's got their shit together, they're man. They're pushing all the right buttons. And they know how to get people excited. Yeah, they're, they're pushing the right buttons. Yeah. In other Marvel news, prepare for the imminent return of Warren Ellis. Like a bad, urine-soaked penny. Gross. What? The, huh? He's the, ra- <laughs> the acclaimed... I didn't write that. I wrote it. The acclaimed lunatic will be joining Kelly Sudaconic as co-writer of Avengers Assemble for a special arc tying in with the upcoming Inhumanity event. Matteo Buffagni will draw the arc, which, which begins in Avengers Assemble 21. It's like we're 14 years old. I know. Though for some reason, Ellis doesn't join the book until issue 22. Who knows? Yeah. I don't understand so it. So we don't see nearly enough of that crazy British bastard... What has he been doing? Where's he keeping himself? Well, yeah, Burning that- Man with Alan Moore. What's going on? <laughs> he had that short little like arc of standalone Secret Avengers stories they before were great. Marvel Now happened. They were great. Uh, he put out a novel. Gun Machine came out. Yes, and I've not read it. Neither have I. Uh, and he's been doing at least he did for a while. I don't know if it's still going, but he was doing that web comic, uh, Scatterlands or Shatterlands or whatever it's called. I think it's Scatterlands. I don't even know what that is. Um, I reviewed it. I reviewed the first installment one okay. time. Um, it's just digital only. You can buy it from the Image website. But he's been kind of absent from print comics, and I kind of miss him. Yeah, I do too. And I'm really glad he's back. It's weird. This is a weird title. It's Yeah, and it's weird that he's not coming on with part one of the arc. Right. And every time he says he's done with superhero comics, he, ends he up comes right back, back to superhero yeah. comics. And that's fine, because I love it when Warren Ellis writes superheroes. I do, too. And nobody does creepy sci-fi like Warren Ellis. Yeah. Nobody does. But, you know, if I could borrow, if I could channel my inner Matt Bomb for a minute, maybe this arc, you know, Marvel says, hey, we've got this second wave of Marvel now coming. We'll give you a book. You can do whatever you want. You can write the Silver Surfer. Boom. Or whatever. But we want you to help pull a title that's flagging a little, you know, up out of the gutter. Could be. Not to say anything about, I, like, I love Avengers Assemble, but I don't think it's a sales juggernaut. I'm not reading it. I, I enjoy it. I should be, because I do like Kelly Sudaconic. Yeah. But if that's what's going on, if Marvel is bringing him on board to kind of revitalize a title 
and then give him his own book. I'm into that. Yeah, maybe. And that seems to make sense. If there's something going on with inhumanity and this is going to spin out of something that Ellis is going to take on, like an Inhumans book or something, that would make sense. So maybe 21 yeah. is the introduction and 22 is really like the introduction of Warren Ellis's book. And then it splits off from there or something. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. It'll all be speculation until the books start coming out. But but he's a pretty big name yeah. to just bring him on as like guest writer. For th- a four-part film. Yeah, for guest or co-writer credit yeah. or whatever. So I think there's this is something to watch is the bottom line. Definitely. And I don't mean any disrespect to Kelly Sue or her no, book. No, no, no. no. But uh, I, I think it's be- it definitely bears keeping an eye on those issues. Yes. Finally. More creative team changes are on the horizon for DC, but these seem a bit less tumultuous than ones in the recent past. Jeff Johns will be leaving Aquaman with November's issue 25 after successfully reviving the character when the new 52 launched. Former Thunderbolts and Agents of Atlas writer Jeff Parker will take over writing duties on the title with issue 26 in December. I like that. Elsewhere in the DC universe, Francis Manipal and Brian Buccaletto will be ending their lengthy run as the creative team of The Flash, also with number 25. The duo will be moving to a new DC ongoing beginning in March, but that title has not yet been announced. Flash 26 will be written by Christos Gage with art by Neil Googe, though it seems that may be a one-shot story, so watch for an announcement about the new Flash creative team in the months ahead. Matt, I have to say there's no drama to be found in these shakeups. In fact, both of them seem kind of positive. What do you think? If they actually end up writing these books, which we've seen other announcements for changes that never came to fruition. That, that's true. Let's just, <laughs> as, let's just assume... Let's say best case scenario. That it's all going to go according to plan. Best case scenario. Yeah, I like it. I, I think Parker is a great addition to Aquaman. I think Parker is a great fit specifically for Aquaman. I would love to see him grab... And this is the fan of Agents of Atlas speaking, but someone like Gabriel Hardman, who was working on that book, to give Aquaman a look like that, like a little more classic feel, that could be really cool. I'd like to see that. Yeah, I mean, though I'd be happy if Paul Pelletier stayed. Oh, well. yeah, and he's great. What would the other thing? Oh, uh, Manipal and Buccioletto. I While I did not love their Flash, it was not terrible. I'll say that. I, that's not the highest of compliments, I realize. <laughs> I like these guys as creators. I do wish they had a writing buddy, maybe, that would rein them in a little more. You know, I'm like, and I really I'm gonna, don't care what they go to draw because anything they're going to draw is going to be beautiful. Sure. I'm going to disagree. I, I think they've done a fine job. Like, I've enjoyed The Flash. It's, it's not, it's been fine. I, I will say it's not groundbreaking no. or anything, but no. it has it, been, it's been a fun read and, and I've enjoyed it. And I'd look forward to a new book by those guys. But something to remember is that they've been serving on that book. Beyond just being the writers for the New Fifty Two, oh yeah, they were the creative, they were the artistic team ever since uh, the Brightest Day relaunch. Yeah, back like wh- the last Jeff Johns three or four years or whatever. Right? So they've been on this book a long time. I, it's it's nice to see a couple of creative shift announcements that aren't born out of like chaos. So and so is frustrated yeah. with the direction of right. the book and storms storms out. You know, I, I like that. It's like. These guys have had a good run, yeah, and they're ready to move on to other things. That's a nice story. <laughs> and who's who might be coming to replace them? Let's look at it with optimism and hope that it will be somebody good. Yes, and I think it's uh, we, it's nice for a change. We want you to succeed, DC. That's right. You may not want to, but we want you to. <laughs> That's right. 
That is the big news for this week. If you want to discuss these stories or anything you think we missed, hit us up on our Facebook page where you can read about exciting creator changes with our THN Love Slaves as we grab everyone and force them off their blog to write someone else's a little bit better or maybe worse than it was being. <laughs> Sorry, Aaron Myers is now writing Girl Meets Nerd. Surprise, Aaron Myers! We're married, asshole! <laughs> Every Friday, the handicapped kid that I beat up on in the THN Fantasy League, Joe Patrick, posts the question of the week on our Facebook and Twitter, and then we read your responses. That was totally natural, right? And play your voice messages on the THN Answer of the Week podcast, which hits every Wednesday. Joe Patrick, we got to be the hardest working podcasters in the business. What did we ask these nerds this week? This week's question was a counterpoint to last week's and a direct result of a request from Princess Ashley, uh, who said, hey, how about something a little bit positive this time? Yeah, she's right. We've been, we've been dredging up some muck. What creative team changes have you been pleased about in the past? Now, you might be tempted to rake a little muck of your own by saying, oh, anytime Greg Land leaves a book, you know who you are. <laughs> We want to be positive. We want this to be like a, you know, I was not excited to see a new creative creator come on book X, but it turns out they were so good and they became one of my favorites. Right. That's the kind of story Maybe we're less, looking for here. I was excited to see creative team A leave and more I was excited to see, I was pleasantly surprised by creative team B when they came on. Exactly. There we go. We love it when you call us with your answer to the question of the week. Call us. That's right. You can Skype us at our Skype handle, two-headed nerd, all one word. Or at our Ziggurat direct line, 402-819-4894. And you can respond at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash twoheadednerd. And finally, you can tweet your answers to our Twitter account, that's at twoheadednerd, using the hashtag T-H-N-A-O-W. Hashtag T-H-N-A-O-W. I just said hashtag T-H-N-A-O-W. Hashtag. 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 That word loses its meaning amazingly. <laughs> It's review time on THN, where Joe and I sit down with two of this week's comics and decide whether or not they'll be a good fit for the THN Academy. Joe, what do you think of this freshman class? My review for this week, I couldn't think of a joke to go along with Cool. That. My review for this week is <laughs> of Mighty Avengers number one. Couple of pros! <laughs> Marvel Comics. Give a guy a little bit of warning. Written by Al Ewing, with art by Greg Land. Here's your solicit. From the battlefields of infinity comes the mighty Avengers! Bullet! The Avengers are light years away in space, contending with the Builders. Thanos' marauders ransack the Earth, doing as they please. Who will stand in defense of mankind? Bullet! Luke Cage, the superior Spider-Man, Spectrum, the White Tiger, Power Man, and a mysterious figure in an ill-fitting Spider-Man Halloween costume. These unlikely heroes must assemble when no one else can. Hyphen against the unrelenting attack of Proxima Midnight. Those are great names. Was, Proxima yeah. Midnight is Woo, a great name. Man. When it was announced, this series got a lot of attention for being comprised primarily of minority characters. And to Marvel's credit, they never made any bones about the reason for the title's existence. Like, they, they very frankly said, look, this is what it looks like. It is the multicultural some, pals. Some people want to see books that more closely resemble them, you know? 
And I totally get it. Reverend Jesse Jackson and his multicultural pals. Juan Gigante. <laughs> the French tickler. <laughs> but some fans wondered if the quality of the stories would be able to outshine the controversy. Fortunately, though it stumbles here and there, Mighty Avengers is off to a great start. The book opens with Luke Cage and his new Heroes for Hire as they battle the forces of Parnival, the Plunderer, Plunder. THN fun fact. Parnival Plunder is Kazar's brother. Now, have we ever seen him in costume like that? Probably in the 70s. Okay, it's been a long... Not lo- since then. Yeah, because like last time we saw him, he was suit-wearing, good-looking guy. Yeah, exactly right. Right. As some of the team members wonder if they might have a larger calling, the forces of Thanos attack, and with the bulk of the Avengers in outer space, that makes Cage and his group the first line of defense when Proxima Midnight hits New York. Now, bear with me. I'm going to try to tread lightly here. Because I'm not always very well spoken, and I'm also not somebody that's directly affected by racism oh. or anything like that. Time out. Uh, no, Are no, we no. apologizing for? I'm not. I'm not apologizing. <laughs> I'm saying we've been called out for this before. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm trying to address quote unquote the controversy where people were saying, "Oh, that that new title's only." Real reason for being is to be the Black Avengers. Give me a break. And that's. You know, that is kind of what it is. But writer Al Ewing does a wonderful job here. His script is genuinely funny, and he has an affinity for each character's distinct voice. Yeah, definitely. It is kind of a shame that Ewing was saddled with an event tie-in right off the bat. I'm curious to see what he does when the book is free from the restraints of the larger story. And as for the racial controversy, or whatever you want to call it, it's ridiculous. Ewing makes no mention of the characters' races. No. And not in a way that's like, oh, they're hiding it. The, the characters might as well be white. It's not that. He writes it in such a way that shows that while the characters are not white for the most part, their race is not the focus. They're heroes. It's not what's they're important about them. They're just great characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luke Cage is a great character. Yes. Spectrum is a great character. And Al Ewing embraces those characters with a real genuine affection. Definitely. In fact, there's a text piece in the back where he explains why Monica Rambeau is his favorite Avenger from childhood. That's, and I was like, awesome. That blows my mind. Absolutely <laughs> awesome. I think it's great. So obviously, it's not a secret. But race is not the focus. It's simply a well-told story with a fun assortment of characters that happen to not be white. Yes. Now, for the bad news, the art by Greg Land is not very good. It's bad. (laughs) All of the things that Land is criticized for are on full display here. It's bad. The thing is, it's not a deal breaker for me. Because while I don't like his overly photo reference style, at least he's good at it. You're telling me it didn't bother you that Spectrum was Whitney Houston? I'm saying he drew Whitney Houston. It, it would was be terrible. <laughs> it would be different if he was f- obviously photo referencing people and did a terrible job at it. Uh, okay, all right. You know what I mean? I, I, does that make sense? At yes. least he does no. what he does well. All right. And I would argue he's he's not even doing what he does well here. Well, it's not his strongest work. I will give you that. No. And I think that the Frank Diarmada does the colors. And normally I love him. He colored, uh, I believe he colored Brubaker and Epting's Captain America for like the whole run almost. I think that's true. He colored a ton of Wildstorm stuff back in the day. This just does not look good. And I don't know if it's that he's just not a good fit for land. I think he's not a good fit for land. I think he, I think the book looks really flat and land 
the way he draws is very flat. Well, even though it's because photo reference, tracing. it is very flat. Yeah, and yeah, the coloring didn't work. It made the art look a l- even more boring. Yeah, it, it's it's just not great. Uh, quick aside, Marvel is doing this thing, and now I'm behind on Superior Spider-Man, so I don't know what's going on. I'm not. I'm caught up. Marvel's been doing this thing with Spider-Man's costume, which is not Land's fault at all, where the webs on his suit are way busier, and they're, like, asymmetrical. You know how they used to just be, like, a very distinct pattern? Oh, right. Now they're just kind of all over the place, and it drives me crazy. I didn't so much notice that. Look at it. Look at it again, and you'll notice it. it to sum it up, though, I thought this was a really fun start to a series that may not be getting the attention it deserves due to some kind of imagined baggage that's scaring off potential fans. The race non-controversy is not an issue, and it serves as a worthy tie-in to the Infinity event. The only real strike the book has against it is the art, but I'm willing to write it out until Marvel shuffles Greg Land onto his next project. I'm willing to bet he's not going to be on the book for long. No. I'm giving this a buy it. I'm going to give it a buy it as well, because it was very well written. I don't know a lot of Al Ewing's work, but he was good here. I really thought it was fun. Yeah, I thought, it was, I thought he did a great job with, like you said, with everyone's voice, mm-hmm. making everyone sound like a different person. I do think it's good that they're dealing with Captain Marvel, Spectrum, whatever you want to call her. She is a character that should be around, and there's no reason not to have her around. Right. She was an important character for a long time. It just kind of vanished. And yeah, like you said, this has nothing to do with race. And I don't think there's really that big of a controversy going on. I think there were some people on the internet that said some stuff. Whatever. Nobody bitches when a new superhero team pops up and they're all white. Who cares? There's nothing to do with it. I just want to read good characters. I don't care where they're from, what color they are, and if they really wanted to make this about race, then this first issue would have been Luke Cage and a bunch of superheroes go and beat up drug dealers. Or Luke Cage and a bunch of superheroes go stop a drive-by shooting. You know, like, oh, they're from the street. I get it. Like, they're fighting. Luke Cage is mad that there's not enough minority representation in the Avengers and forms his own team. Yeah. Nothing like that has happened. What happens is the Avengers are not on the planet and aliens are attacking. They have to do something. Yeah, and I think the bottom line for me is that it doesn't matter why Marvel said we need this kind of book. All that matters is the story is good. Yes, and it's not hamfisted. That's exactly what I'm saying. And it is good and not hamfisted. Yes, it, it, I mean this was already going on. Like you said, it's a little. It sucks that he had to jump on in the middle of an event, but it works. Because the Avengers Absolutely. are not around. It gives the, and it the, gives very the mighty la- Avengers a reason for being. And the very last page concretes that. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to go into what happens. I don't want to give it up. But in one word bubble, it basically shows, all right, fine. That's and, what we're doing. And it perfectly works with Luke Cage's character. Yes. And I'm giving this a huge buy. I really liked it. I hate Greg Land's art. Get I'm done Greg with the guy. Land off of that book, man. This is a good book. Matt, tell me about The Eternal Warrior. Well, Joe, it was written by a guy named Greg Pack, and I think you know him pretty well. It was also drawn by a guy named Trevor Harrison. I feel like we both know him also. Oh, yeah. Well. He, yeah, for they've sure. They've been with us for a long time. Here's your solicit. Across five millennia and a thousand battlefields. I feel like I've known Greg Pack for five millennia. Are we At least. Gilad, Annie, Pada. That's a heck of a name. Has reversed the darkest, most mysterious corners of the Valiant universe, but the horror and bloodshed of constant warfare has finally taken its toll on the man myth calls the Eternal Warrior. And he has abdicated his duties as the fist and the steel of Earth for a quiet life of seclusion. 
They spelled quiet wrong. This whole thing is worded very strangely. But when a blood vendetta from a distant past suddenly reappears in the modern day, he must decide if he will return to the ways of war for the child who betrayed him thousands of years ago. Kids, am I right? If you're looking for a guy that can write a hyper-violent, time-spanning story, Greg Pak is not a bad choice at all. I loved Pak's run on Hulk, and while the Eternal Warrior is no Hulk, there is a very similar barbarism to both characters that Pak writes very well. Instead of just giving readers another Conan or Hulk here, though, Pak goes deeper to show us the Eternal Warrior as a father of two children, his son, who is joining him in battle against a lunatic, drug-enhanced horde of evil zealots, and his daughter, who's willing to reduce herself to the level of her enemy to crush said horde. This happens 2,000 years ago. Long time. Way in the past. Way back then. A lot of other creators and companies would have been perfectly happy with another generic, immortal badass, but Pat goes out of his way to make this character interesting, human, and compelling. Trevor Hairsign has been an artist that I've watched since I picked up the first issue of Class War back in 2002. And since then, he has just gotten better. Here, Hairsign is amazing. Man, I loved Class War. <laughs> I did too. It was fun. At times here, he reminds me of Barry Windsor Smith. At other times, he reminds me of the things that I used to love about Mark Silvestri. He brings real motion and real chaos to this issue where it needed it. And I loved it. He was so good here. This is another excellent book from Valiant. It could have been completely dumbed down. It could have been done really easily, but they took the extra time to write a good story, present us with a compelling character, and a really interesting side characters that push him back to where he needs to be, which is probably going to be in line with the Unity event that's coming up. I'm so excited for this. You, specifically, all of you should be reading Valiant Comics. This is excellent stuff. Buy this. I wasn't as enthusiastic about this as you. Really? I, I liked really? it. I liked it. I thought it was good. I love the art. I love Greg Pack. I love Trevor Harrison. But I can't help but feel that something was missing from the story. I felt like I got dropped in in the middle of the second act. It assumes that you understand all this stuff or they have a plan to fill in the gaps, but they don't let you know that they're going to fill in the gaps. Okay. There's no indicator to say, hold on. You're going to be informed as we go okay. what you need to know. No. It's just they hit the ground running. I agree. But I would argue Valiant's been doing that since day one. They are extremely continuity heavy. I would ar- I would counter argue that the Eternal Warrior has made like four appearances. No, no. Uh, and no, I <laughs> all of which saying. take place in the present day. Yes. No, what I'm saying is my argument. If you've been reading Archer and Armstrong you're aware that he is a character. He's a thing. Oh, sure. If you've been reading some of the other books, there's been little hints as to his existence as well. But I'm saying all the books, Harbinger, Exo Manowar, all of them, very, very continuity heavy. And this definitely ties in into the larger Valiant world, which I am caught up on and am loving. Sure. But it is definitely for continuity hounds. Okay, okay. maybe it's because I am aware of that continuity that I was disappointed in it. Really? Because it makes... Eternal Warrior's connection to Archer, to Armstrong, Armstrong. and uh, Time Walker, his other immortal brothers, why he's immortal, where they came from, none of that is even mentioned. Not here, no. And this is number one of a new series. Sure. And they drop the ball. Everything the book references Mm -hmm. is in this issue. Yes. It's not referencing anything that went on. It's not giving you any background. It's just saying... 
here's a five minute snippet of his life. Yes. He's very, very old. And now he lives with his dog. Right. But none of that other like long history, where he came from, why he is who he is. Right. Even the even the part about him being the fist and the steel of the earth. Like, I don't feel like they did a good enough job explaining the character. Okay. Whereas in his appearances in Archer and Armstrong, you get way more information about the character than that, and he's Definitely. not even the lead. Definitely. So I'm giving it a skim it because if I were a reader coming in that's cold, fair. that's fair. I would be like, "What is this?" Okay, that's fair. He's immortal. Why is he immortal? What the hell's going on? See, I guess I'm trusting them to get there because they've gotten there with all the other books they've done. That's and that's fine. And but I'm saying if you're going to take that route, you need to give the readers an indicator. You know, you need to seed it. All and right. I don't think they did. Okay. So skim it from me. I think you're an idiot. So that's a double buy it for Mighty Avengers and a buy it and a skim it for Eternal Warrior. Of course, we want to know what you collection of multi-ethnic heroes and immortal barbarians thought of these comics. So be sure to tell us what 2,000 years of comic reading has you thinking in the comments section for this episode at TwoHeadedNerd.com. Hola. Somebody bring me back the money, please. Times have been tough around the ziggurat lately with donations drying up. So I've decided to take the last of our petty cash. And after playing nine holes with our good friend Scrooge McDuck, I texted the THN stockbroker, Richie Rich. Those are the only two rich characters we know outside of Tony Stark and Batman. And told him to sink everything we've got into Twitter. You did what? So now we kick back and watch the money pour in at the speed of unshackled capitalism while we review 10 comics during this week's Ludicrous Speed Round. Ludicrous Speed, go! King's Watch, number one from Dynamite. The art by Mark Lanning here is really nice. Reminded me of times of Gary Hardman and other times of Chris Sprouse. Jeff Parker is on the writing duties here, and I really dug his stuff before. This isn't bad at all. Parker rips these characters the modern day and does a nice job weaving them together with a prophecy and interstellar event. I still hear Billy Zane's voice every time the Phantom speaks, and I love it. I want to give this a buy it, but 22 pages for $4 seems a little That's exactly what you said about Eternal Warrior, and that's just how much indie comics cost. Not a bad story, but there's plenty of good stories out there for cheaper. I'm giving it a skip. 22 pages is standard comic size. I know, but they didn't all have dialogue on them. Deal with it. It went pretty quick. X-Men number five from Marvel. Battle of the Atom marches on in this issue by Brian Wood and David Lopez. I wasn't going to mention the crossover for a while, but I was struck by how well Brian Wood handles the crossover story without losing the title's individual identity. And though Marvel totally pulled a bait and switch by hyping this book on Olivier Coipel's art, only to have him bolt after three issues, I really like David Lopez and what he brings to the table. Buy it. Lopez is a badass. I like him too. Mythopolis, number one from Arden Entertainment. You know what? This is a big step up from the other Arden stuff that I've read. Mythopolis is a tale of crime and corruption in New York City that follows a stripper, her criminal boyfriend, and a dirty mayoral candidate. The dialogue's a little heavy-handed, and there were a couple borderline silly scenes that really forced the plot along, but this was not terrible. Really nice art by Marco Turini. This was billed as a digi-comic, where they put a little code in, like to see what happened. Go to the website and enter this code. Went to the website and you couldn't even click on the place to oh. open the code. Womp womp. So I don't know. I'm giving it a skim it. Not bad. Fair enough. Brain Boy, number one from Dark Horse. Dream. 
This is a new series by Fred Van Linty and the amazingly talented R.B. Silva. Love that guy. You wouldn't know it unless someone told you, and they do, but this is another old Dell revival. Really? Yeah. No one's really heard of the original, though. It got canned after six issues back in the 60s. Huh. The modern-day Brain Boy is a psychic secret agent raised by the U.S. government. It's a lot of fun. The art, as I said, is amazing. Buy it. Fair enough. Infinity, The Hunt, number one from Marvel. Writer Matt Kent makes his Marvel debut in what kind of felt like a tacked-on tie-in to me. I'm digging Avengers Arena, and it just sort of felt like a kinder, gentler version. This was not badly written, and I like the idea of multiple schools for future heroes all over the world, but this is definitely not must-read material. I also was not crazy about the art. Not bad, by any means, but I'm only giving this a skin. I liked it. Detective Comics 23.2, Harley Quinn. DC. Full disclosure, I don't care about Harley Quinn. I don't either, and I don't get it. I've I've cared even less since her new 52 revamp. Yeah, tell me about it. But this issue by Matt Kent and Neil Googe goes a long way toward adding depth to a character that desperately needs it. Unfortunately, Kent's origin of Harley is so contracted by the issue's one-shot nature that certain elements of her story don't get the room they need to breathe. Harley goes from genius therapist to murderous lunatic in less time than it took to say this sentence. Well, that's scary. The art is wonderful and appropriately cartoony. Like John from Burnt Wieners pointed out last week, I love the gooch. Right on. Skim it. Sons of Anarchy, number one from Boom. Hellboy writer Christopher Golden and artist Damien Cuchero prove they not only love this show. Cuchero? Sure. All right, Cuchero. Prove they not only love this show, but are more than capable of bringing it to comic format, I admit. I'm a huge Suns fan, but speaking as one, I have to say, they nailed this. It felt like 100 Bullets starring your favorite bikers. Maybe I'm a little biased because of my love for the show, but this gets a gigantic buy it from me. Kuchiro, however you say his name, his art was awesome. Coloring was totally great, and I like that this tied directly into the show. They didn't dance around it, make it a standalone thing, or it's just like, this is something else that happened. We don't mention anything. We don't want to spoil the show for you. This ties directly in. Buy this. It was great. <laughs> I'm glad I ignored it completely. Batman and Robin, 23.2, Court of Owls. This was more of a talent tie-in than anything else, written by James Tinian IV with art by Jorge Lucas, featuring a peek into the history of the Court of Owls. Tinian does a neat thing where each flashback goes a little farther back into the past. The art by Lucas has a very EC vibe to it, but I'm not sure it was 100% successful. It was decent, but not must-read unless you're a diehard fan that's already following the Talon series. I gotta give it a skim it. Captain America, number 11 from Marvel Comics. This is the return of Captain America to the regular Marvel Universe after 12 years in the Zoliverse that felt like five minutes on Earth that he was missing. He's returned with Jet Black, which is a ridiculous name, who is Arnim Zola's daughter. She's being questioned by Black Nick Fury with the eye patch. We get to see, this is more of like, let's take a breath and relax, because the last 11 issues of this series were Captain America suffering, Captain America fighting, yeah, Captain, Captain America almost dying! Captain you know, Dimension Z. Now we're taking a deep breath, we're seeing Captain America readjusting the Earth, and it was really well done. They introduced the story with Nuke, and he's somewhere in made-up, fake Russian satellite country, causing some problems. Really great art here by Carlos Pacheco, who I did not even recognize. While he's doing this. By Klaus Jansen. It was 
beautiful. I love this story. I love Rick Remender, and I love his Captain America. I'm giving this a five. Justice League, number 23.2, Lobo from DC. This is the much ballyhooed Lobo reinvention by Marguerite Bennett and Ben Oliver. Nice use of ballyhooed. Thank you. And believe it or not, it ain't half bad. <laughs> like Bennett said a couple of weeks ago, the new old Lobo isn't the lipstick and mascara pretty boy the concept art led us to believe. He's ruthless, efficient, and will stop at almost literally nothing to get what he wants. He's a far cry from the cartoon character Lobo has become. I'm not saying that I'm all that interested in the character, but I do find this take on the main man more interesting than what's come before, if that makes sense. Right on. I'm giving it a skim it because it's Lobo, but it's decent. There you go. Yeah. That is your ludicrous speed round and Jawoosh. How do you even say Jawoosh? Jawoosh. 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 Is the sound of Flash Gordon's space plane zipping through the clouds as seen in this week's issue of King's Watch. Number one from Dynamite and Entertainment. It's been a long wait, but finally, our android servants at the THN Observatory are pleased to announce the Voyager spacecraft has finally left our solar system and is now bouncing signals directly off the source wall at the end of the universe itself. I'm trying to sound like Carl Sagan. Join us now as we pour over the mountain of data we're receiving in the THN Sanctum Sanctorum, where the chaos of the universe itself will help us learn the secrets of next week's comics. Joe, what does the face of eternity have you excited for next week? I feel like that's a pretty good Carl Sagan. <laughs> My pick for next week is Zero, number one, from Image Comics, written by Ailes Cott. I'm just going to go with Ailes. Art by Michael Walsh. Here's your solicit. Saving the world, one murder at a time! Edward Zero is the perfect execution machine, a spy who breaks the rules to get things done. When a stolen device appears in the center of a long-running conflict, Zero comes to retrieve it. The problem is, the device is inside a living, breathing, bio-modified terrorist. Oh my god. And there's an entire army after it. I have very little... Experience with Ailes Cot. Okay. But this sounds kind of fun. The premise sounds fun. It's a bit of a break from, you know, the event. I don't have to worry about lenticular covers. True. It's a new image number one. The preview art looks good. Yeah, and uh, so it gets my pick. Matt. All right. What comic has the source wall whispered to you about through riddles of sacred universal geometry? That's heavy shit. That's like some Cthulhu stuff. No, no, no. It's uh, Jewish stuff. Anyway. Buzzkill. Jewish. Number one. It's... Yeah, they go hand in hand. Buzzkill, number one from Dark Horse. This is written by Donnie Cates and Toadies drummer Mark Reznicek. If you don't remember the Toadies, they're the one that sang that song. Awesome Kingdom. I promise you, my sweet angel. Uh, I can't remember the yeah. chorus now. Do you want to die? It's the same song. It's a it's song about vampires. Song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called Possum Kingdom. Yeah. yeah. It was great. With art by Jeff Shaw. Here's your solicit. Way to bring it back. Ruben is not your average alcoholic. He's an unstoppable superhero who derives his powers from imbibing massive amounts of alcohol. After all the disasters it's caused in his personal life, he's ready to get clean. Dot, dot, dot. And the city supervillains couldn't be happier. Sounds wacky. I love the premise. I love the art. Jeff Shaw is super freaky talented. And this book is going to be beautiful. I don't know if the Toadies drummer can ride or not, but I was a Toadies fan back in the day. I'm happy to put some money in this pocket. 
this is going to be a good time. Possum Kingdom might be my favorite song from the 90s. All right. Really? Maybe. Okay. I favorite. demand that you put it in the soundtrack. For I go, I'm going with Space Hog. Love that. We are the All of You or whatever it was called. In the, mean, mm-hmm. in, in the, the meantime, meantime was the song. Yeah. Yes. The THN Trade of the Week goes to Five Ghosts, Volume 1. The Haunting of Fabian Graves is written by Frank J. Barberi with art by Chris Mooneyham. Here's your solicit. After a tragic encounter with the artifact known as the Dreamstone, infamous treasure hunter Fabian Gray was possessed by five literary ghosts and has been granted access to their unique abilities. This is basically... What a- if Indiana Jones was possessed by the ghost of Dracula, Sherlock Holmes, uh, some famous samurai guy, <laughs> uh, Blackbeard the Pirate... And uh, and somebody Merlin. else, Merlin, I and think. Merlin, yeah, it was Merlin. <laughs> really, really well written, beautiful art here by Mooneyham. I expect to see more from that guy really soon. This was a really fun story. I read the whole thing. If you guys missed it, go pick this up. It's a quick read, the fun read, really striking stuff. Yeah. More excellent stuff from Image here. It was soup's good. Of course, we want to know what you're looking forward to. So peer into your telescopes and tell us what comics, the wonders of the universe, has you excited for next week. At our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash two headed nerd. While you're there, click the god like button. Just do it. Hey, like us. Don't, Why don't you like us? Don't antagonize them. <laughs> All right. This one's for you, Big Mike. Oh, never forget. <laughs> never forget. 9 11. See no changes. Wake up in the morning and I ask myself, a comments worth reading? Should I shake myself? I'm tired of being teasing even once I'm fat. My ego hurts, so I'm looking for a story to snatch. Peeps give a damn about a nerd, yo. Pull the trigger, sell his comics, he's a hero. Give the crap to the kids, who the hell cares? One less number one for eBay to share. First ship him covers, deal him to collectors, give him bid, step back and watch him snap each other. Superman is mine, that's what Siegel said. Two lawyers and a judge, now Siegel's dead. I got love for my brother, but we can never pay him back unless we share with each other. We gotta start making changes. Learn to see me as a creator instead of two distant strangers. And that's how it's supposed to be. How can Warner take a brother if it's close to me? I'd love to go back to when we read as kids, but things changed, and that's the way it is. And when my man MC Joe Patrick makes a noise like that, it must mean those dope fly crazy gangster motherfuckers, the comic pushers are back. But this week, they're taking a different look at something here. That's right. This week, a desperate ex-junkie trying to change his ways, despite what society thinks of him, named Zach, writes to us. Dear comic pushers, I'm going through some financial trouble right now, and I need to reduce my pull list. Any suggestions on what to keep? Now, this is flipping the comic pushers on their head. He's come scratching his wrists and saying, Ah, oh, man, I gotta, I gotta do something. I got mouths to feed. Come on, guys. And it's better for us to keep these people alive as potential addicts later than to let them drop off the planet. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through his pull file, title by title. Judge him harshly. Judge them, each book harshly. Decide what stays or goes. We're going to take him from crack addict to meth addict, maybe. It's just a small step down, but yeah. an important one. High-functioning one. His teeth are a little more messier, but it doesn't smell quite as bad. You know how it works. <laughs> and he was nice enough to put it in alphabetical order. Let's start with all new X-Men. I'm saying this stays. It's a keeper. That's absolutely a it's keeper. It's a wonderful, fun book. 
in the heart of the Marvel Universe. If, if it's a choice between that X book and any other, that might be the one I pick. I'm with you. So absolutely with you. Next absolute is, keeper. Next is Avengers Arena. Avengers Arena, I do enjoy. I enjoy it as well. But it is wrapping up at least this quote unquote season of it. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to tell it in larger arcs. I do too. So it might be a good time for you to jump off of this book and maybe read it in trade instead. As much as I hate to say that because I love the book so much, but I agree. It's not taking part in the larger Marvel universe. It's not directly affecting anything else right now. It's pretty self-contained and would read fine in a trade format. If you want to take that off, I'm fine with it. I'm saying take it off. Boom. It's gone. Next is Black Science, the new Rick Remender book with Matteo Scalera, kind of a... A spiritual successor to Fear Agent, I guess you'd say. Hard to judge this one. It's not out yet, but... Yeah. Gut reaction says, give it a try. Yeah, my my gut says, keep it on as well, especially because when it comes out, maybe you'll have a few extra bucks. That's true. And (laughs) and I'm saying, give it a try. If number one doesn't grab you, don't be afraid to take it off. There you go. After that, Cable and X-Force. This is one Joe and I have gone back and forth on. One thing I think we can both agree on, it's not must-read material. Not must-read material. Ditch it. I can say it can go. Deadpool. Now, Joe and I also don't love Deadpool. We have no major affinity for Deadpool. You have two Deadpool books on your file. I'm saying you love Deadpool. The next one being Deadpool Illustrated. Do you need to read Deadpool Illustrated? I'm going to say no. And well, if you, you want to have a Deadpool fill? Go ahead and stick with the monthly one. It's not bad. The Deadpool Illustrated. I mean, I presume that he's still getting uh, like Deadpool Kills Deadpool. It was right. like part of a trilogy. Right. That, that's almost over. I'm saying you don't need those. But if it's almost over, might as well let it run its course. Next up, Dream Police, which is another upcoming book. That's from uh, J. Michael Straczynski's mm-hmm. Joe's Comics line. I am not 100% sold on it. Feel free to pick it up and see if you like it. You don't need to have it on your profile. If you like it, add it. If sure. It's, if it's must read and you, you pick it up and you like it, add it. For now, I'm taking it off your profile. Just skim it. Boom. Dream Thief is wrapping up. I say leave it on. I think it's only got one more issue to and go. it's been great. It, just write it out and then we can take that one off. I'm going to take it off anyway because you got one more to go. There Boom. You. Helping you out. FF. It's going to be a big creator change here. What you need to ask yourself is do I love these characters and the story the way it's going enough that I want to write it out with these new creators? Who are Mike and, Al- Mike and Laura Alred? Mike Alred's an excellent storyteller. I'm not really worried about it, but if you did want to drop this one, it'd now's be, a good time. It'd be a good time to do I it. I say if it comes down to it, bounce. Bounce at the end of Fractions Run. Yep, we're trying to save money here. I'm taking it off. Hard decisions. Love Mike Alred. Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm going to be real for a second. I enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy, but I don't really feel any like rush to read it. You know what I'm saying? I'm when saying, it comes out, I might go to issues before I pick it up again. And, re- and like I might let myself man. get behind on it because while it's good... Man, I, I, I disagree. I'm saying on the weight of the movie coming out and how important they're going to be to Infinity and all this other stuff, I'm saying it's pretty much must-read. And it's beautiful, and it's really well-written. Well, there you go, Zach. Split, I say it's Split stays. decision by the two-headed nerd. Okay. You'll well, have to decide on I'll that on your own. I'll put an asterisk by that one. Hunger, which is what looks like is going to be the end of the Ultimate Universe, in my opinion. Now, you've only got one other Ultimate book on here, and we'll get to it later. It's Ultimate Spider-Man. But I'm saying you don't need to read Hunger. You don't. Is it going to be fun? Sure. Pick it up and trade if you really want to read it. You don't need it on your pull file. I think if it's a financial decision, Hunger is easily cuttable. Yep. Boom. Gone. Next up is Infinity and the tie-ins, which is an easy one. Keep Infinity, ditch the tie-ins. Yeah. 
you don't have new Avengers and Avengers on your list already. You're not going to miss out on anything by not reading them. Right. Just read the main series. And if doing that does not satisfy... If you really do want to read some tie-ins, read Avengers and new Avengers and skip the rest. I'm saying... Because they tie directly in. I'm saying you're pinching pennies. Just get the main. Right on. Just rip that Band-Aid right off. Jupiter's Legacy. Leave it. Uh, it's, listen, it's fine. It's fine. But we're two issues in right. after four months. I'm with you. I don't... And where I'm going with this is Jupiter's Legacy will be something you can read and trade whenever you want to. Absolutely. Take it on. off your file. Take it off your pull file. Kick ass. Same, same story. Luther Strode, same thing. Take it off your file. Luther Strode, I, I, I love those guys and I wish him more success than anyone in the world. You can read it and trade later. It's not going anywhere. Get rid of it. MPH. Upcoming book by Mark Miller. Again, same story. You Try the number one, and if you love it, add it. If not... Absolutely. I'm taking it off your pull file for now. Take it out, yeah. Take it off your file. Just buy number one off the rack. Does need to be there. Marvel Zombies. I don't think there's... <laughs> is there anything going on, Marvel Zombies? I don't know if they're bringing back Marvel Zombies, but I would take that off my list if All I right, were you. Yep. <laughs> Dropping it. Boom. Gone. Nemesis. Also, Mark Millar, we may or may not ever see it again. Who knows? Yeah, so take it off. Take it off. Don't worry about it. And if it comes out and you've got to read it, pick it up and read it. You want to read it a year later when it comes out in trade? Read it then. You don't need it on your profile. Quantum Woody stays. It's excellent. It's fun. It's really well written. Valiant's doing a great job. We've already taken a lot of stuff off here. I'm saying Quantum Woody is good enough that it stays. I like Quantum and Woody. I'm torn. I'm saying it stays. Okay. I'll fight you on this one. That's fair. RoboCop. You Take don't it need it. Off of that list. I love RoboCop too. The comic's not that great. Get rid of it. Saga. Saga's stays. a keeper. Savage Wolverine. You don't need it. Sa uh, Savage Wolverine is a comic that I would judge from arc to arc. Yes. I would take it off of your pull file, and if your store allows it, just pre-order individual issues based on the creative right. team. If you see there's a creator that's jumping on that you've got to read, feel free to check it out. Right now, that creator is not there. Yeah, like the next creative team after this Joe Madureira arc is Phil Jimenez. He's writing and drawing. Mm -hmm. It may or may not be any good. We'll see. So, you know, you don't have to keep it on your file because what happens if it shifts to a creator you don't like? Right. And speaking as a big Wolverine fan, there's been nothing in this book that is must-read Wolverine stuff. I'm ditch it. Boom. Secret Service. Another Secret Service is over. Mark Let's Millar. assume that it's not coming back. It's gone. Bam. Sex Criminals, I'd keep. I would keep it because Matt Fraction writes I think it's going to be pretty fun. I think it's going to be super neat. But again, I think you can take it off your profile, buy the first issue, See if you like it, and then add it if you need it. Yeah, better to do that than maybe get saddled with That's several issues before you figure out you so don't I'm, like it. I'm taking it off. Boom. Superior Carnage. Take it off. Goodbye. <laughs> Same with Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts, take it off. There's you don't need it. There's nothing there that... And to be fair, our opinions on these books are well known. And my guess is on Thunderbolts, you're reading it because Deadpool is there. you got two other Deadpool books on there. You want to read Deadpool and Thunderbolts? Fine. You don't need three damn Deadpool books. Okay? Trillium stays. Trillium stays. It's an eight-issue mini. It's amazing. Ultimate Comic Spider-Man, I think you should keep it. If you're loving it, I think you should keep it. I think you should keep it if you've been reading it forever. You right. Know? If it's a book that you've loved long-term, keep going. Absolutely. And it's, it's high-quality all the time. Great stuff. Every time. Uncanny X-Force, you don't need it. Ditch it. The Wake, so far, it's a lot of fun. Also I'm, a miniseries. Keep I'm it. digging on it. It's a miniseries, so it's relatively painless. So here's what we're down to. So you had a total of 32 books on your pull file. We have reduced it to 11. We have gutted your pull file. 
leaving you with all new X-Men, Black Science, Deadpool, Guardians of the Galaxy, Infinity, Quantum and Woody, Saga, Trillium, Ultimate Comic Spider-Man, and The Wake. That is less than half of what you've been spending a month, and this is the essential stuff as far as we're concerned. As far as we're concerned. But Zach did close out his uh, message to us saying, there's no higher authority than the two of you, and I swear to heed your wisdom and live better for it. So swears this loyal listener. He did not write that. I wrote that. <laughs> it's a nice little ending. I just want to make it sound more important than we were. Wait, what part didn't you write? <laughs> the whole ending. Oh, way to go! <laughs> Sorry, Zach. Users are losers and losers are users. So don't use drugs. Don't use drugs. Winners Thank you for your question, Zach. That was a fun little exercise. We don't often yeah. get to see. Remember... Don't hate the player, hate the game. It's true. And if you're looking for a new series to add or delete from your pull file, the comic pushers are only as far away as the contact us section of twoheadednerd.com. True that. And that is it for another racially and culturally sensitive episode of THN. If you enjoy listening to me and my man cub yell at each other about who is more macho, you can subscribe to this show. One that's muy macho. <laughs> on iTunes or Stitcher, where you can give the show a star rating, written review, or a Stitcher thumbs up and help us to connect with other potential listeners. Every time. Every damn Now day. it's just obvious that you're faking it. Thanks to Gerardo, this week's donor. And if you'd like to help keep us in deep space telecommunications and bribes for UN inspectors, you can make your donation in any amount using our adorable little PayPal button at TwoHeadedNerd.com. While you're there, you can find links to our Twitter feed at TwoHeadedNerd, our email, TwoHeadedNerd at gmail.com, our YouTube channel, THN Comicast, our Skype handle, TwoHeadedNerd, one word, no spaces, and our new direct ziggurat phone number, and our new ziggurat direct phone number, 402-819-4894 where you can send slash call us with your Ask a Nerd questions or ask the comic pushers what you should be reading or ask us to review your self-published comic, be it printed, digital, whatever. We don't even care. And don't forget to check out all the new content from the THN Love Slaves at TwoHeadedNerd.com including a new Saturday morning cartoons retrospective by the Credible Hulk and watch for the THN Fantasy Report written by me, the Sword Swallower Supreme, during the first week of the THN Fantasy Football League. We had our draft yesterday. Joe Patrick had no clue what he was doing. Spoiler alert, I'm already winning. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> Remember to follow us on Twitter and like our Facebook page if you want to get in on the Question of the Week discussion. And if you want to hear our answers along with your own written and audio responses, be sure to check out the Two-Headed Nerd Answer of the Week podcast. If you already subscribe to this show, and why don't you? You ain't got to do nothing. You don't need to do anything at all. It will just magically appear in your feed every time the show is released. Wednesday. Wednesday. Almost never Wednesday. Wednesdays, ideally. Next week, we're going to play Take a Look. It's in a book when we review Edison Rex, Volume 1. So read along if you'd like. And when you hear this sound... Turn the page. Before we go, our weekly shout-out goes to Princess Ashley, who called in with an answer of the week that I could totally get behind, but somehow I left it out of the answer of the week podcast. Word to you, your highness. I apologize a million times. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. And until next time, true believers, remember to pre-order your comics because your retailer just might kiss you on the mouth for it. This is the Two-Headed Nerd signing off. Rico Suave Suave
rico. 